Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey everyone, it is the Redman Originals podcast. Uh, I am Paul Meachin, I'm joined by Chris Pajak, Chloe Bloxham and Dan Club. Uh, we're going to be asking a big question in part two and that is, do Liverpool need another forward? Now I know there's a simple answer that could be like, yes or no, and then we could all just get off and I could go for the nap that I sorely need. <laughs> but um, we're going to delve into it a little bit more because I think it warrants some discussion in part one. Uh, we're going to be catching up on what's been going on with the Reds players and transfers and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, let's kind of dive into it. If you're watching this live on YouTube, feel free uh, to use the live show chat and get involved with any of the questions. Uh, Curtis Jones uh, is where we'll start things off. Good reviews, Dan, for his role mm. in the twenty ones two 0 win over Israel. Um, <clears throat> I, I was I was on the the Twitch last night, and that's not just a description of like how tired <laughs> I am. Um, I, I mean, like you know, the the the, the channel. Um, there's a video of him playing a rather splendid looking pass mm. now i'm glad that we're now in a world where people are making short twitter shareable clips of Curtis jones doing good things it's not like he runs in and scores or anything it is a good pass mm. um but like whatever i'm just glad, i'm glad that he's getting some positive press for a change yeah for a change is, is the key key line in that isn't it really because you're right the narrative around curtis jones has it was turning slowly as the season was going on. He was starting to impress a little bit, and now it feels like a lot of people, not everyone, have come full circle on Curtis Jones, and we are kind of accepting of him having a role in the squad next season, whatever that looks like. But yeah, he's been really impressive um, in the under-21 European Championship so far. He's played both 90 minutes, played 90 minutes last week in a 2-0 win over Czech Republic as well. Chris referenced that off-show um, before we started, that he's playing in the midfield too as part of a 4-4-2, which is an interesting role for him. But yeah, that pass, I mean, yeah, it's not a goal but it's a pass straight out of sort of the Thiago playbook isn't it it's, it's very very good as slide rule passes go so and I had a quick look at, his, look at his stats from the game actually last night as well and in both facets of the game defensively he was winning tackles interceptions doing that sort of nitty gritty stuff as well but also he completed it's like 90 odd percent of his passes and 100 odd touches it's a really properly impressive performance so it's good 97 percent pass accuracy 120 124 passes completed I mean because the, these things are Paul Tompkins did a good thing last week talking about it, how pass accuracy can be a little misleading at times because players who play more sort of killer balls tend to fail in that. So Kevin De Bruyne has got a really low pass completion rating. But actually, as far as someone who's just playing in the in the centre of the park, moving the ball around, being like a, being a more metronomic thing. Fine, it, that, that Very is, similar to what St. Alexander-Arnold last did in an England shirt as well. I think he got like... 99% pass accuracy. I think he missed one of about 130 or something. So in, in that regard, they were very similar statistics to what he was doing. And that's the, you're right, that's the role that he's there to play, isn't it? But I just, I'm just excited for him. I mean, 
I think the other thing is, I know you don't have to be under 21 to play in the under 21s and stuff like that, but I think some people think he's been, he's been around for so long that he mm-hmm. is much older and much more experienced than he actually is. Mm-hmm. Like He's got a lot of game time, don't get me wrong, because... You know, I think his games actually were probably weighted to him being a little bit too young. He had too many too too young, then had an injury, mm. injured spell, and then hasn't really, as a sort of adult, young adult, really got the experience that he needs now um, in the last sort of year and a half, two years. So it's all about just getting that experience, getting used to playing in those types of environments and stuff like that. The end of the season at Liverpool will have done him so much good, um, and he'll, he'll have something to kick on from. And this is just probably going to hopefully, if he carries on having a good tournament, that'll just lead into next year. Next year he can, next season, sorry, he can just take off where he left off essentially. Yeah, I, I, I have a general feeling that this is this is just a really good tournament for him, Chloe. We we normally sit here in the summer, absolutely raging at summer football, you know, and then we're oh, we're made up as no for. I mean, I know that they've had the Nations League shite in the Euro, Euro qualifiers through the week and what have you. There was a little party with a bit annoyed at this tournament. But then when I look at Curtis Jones, who has had, as we've mentioned there, so much time out, it's just not going to do him any harm to go away and play some more footy because he's, he's kind of fallen behind a year or two in his development. He really kicked on in that last, what, 10 or so, 10 dozen games or whatever at the back end of the season. Hopefully this is just something else. Gives him a little bit more confidence. Bruce. Go and have a holiday and then come back for pre-season. Yeah, it's not at the intensity that you need for the Premier League, so he doesn't have to worry about stress injuries like he's already ha- been put through with Liverpool with how much we've put him under pressure and just thrown him in. So, yeah, it's uh, it's to keep the good form going, the good rhythm going. And look, if he's doing an England shirt, yeah, I don't care about England, but I bet you he probably really does playing uh, for the badge. Um, so to see him be a standout for England and get the headlines, it's it's great as a scouser to see. Um, but yeah, it's more of a case of getting the game time that he's missed out on, uh, keep the rhythm, keep the form, have a little short holiday, and then pre-season when it's back, get him really prepared and ready for the intense season that is going to come upon him because the intensity of international football to Premier League football is absolutely nowhere near. Um, but he's, he's still playing at a top level, and it's boss to see. Yeah. So just, just one more thing on that. I think it's, it's easy to forget that he wasn't training properly last season, yeah. up until maybe the last sort of two months of the season so he's he needs to go through rigorous training you know he, he's having days off when the doctors were telling Jürgen that he's got to have those days off wasn't mm. he because of the was it the shin splint yeah, type growing injury pain that, type and all that it, yeah. type of stuff so now he's past that his body needs to get used to training all the time so in in Kerr Jones's case it's important that he has this football Mm, yeah, definitely. And obviously, Harvey Elliott is on the fringes at the moment. He's not getting starts, but he's being used off the bench. Comes on for Smith Rowe. So hopefully, he gets another shot. They've just gotten out of the groups, haven't they? So they're yeah, into the quarters yeah. now. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, a little bit of news uh, that's made, that's absolutely enraged Chloe Bloxham today. You know what it is? I've got no idea. Lewis Diaz taking the number seven. Oh, you weren't happy, were you? You weren't happy. Enraged she was. No, you weren't happy. Yeah, I'm probably not now. I'm fine. Whatever. I don't care. Sure. I enjoyed them having number 23 for some reason. It Mm. just really looked right. Number seven, it can be unreal with number seven. I'm fine with it. Um, Yeah, my mind just went back to Luis Suarez, though. Like, Mm. James Miller wasn't even in my mind. In... Luis Diaz hasn't... I, th- I think he's got a lot to prove yet. The injury is a massive setback for him. Yeah. Um, I think he can be incredible. Um, but 
he needs to get more goals into his game and, and things like that. Hopefully that'll happen when he comes back in the season. Um, it'll be a bit weird going from 23 to only seven on his share, but I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, we just had number seven playing right back and left back for us for the last yeah. five years. I'm quite ready to get back to a dribbly, attacking, exciting player mm, wearing that Because he plays off the left. Yeah, maybe. He was seven but, for four. Yeah, because I'm not bothered court, about yeah. it. Like, but like, mm-hmm. if you're gonna get into that sort of numbers and where they're playing, then eleven would have been better. Yeah, well, well yeah. right back wears sixty six. <laughs> so it doesn't annoy me. I don't care. Away, you know I mean? Makes yeah. no odds to me. No, yeah. Does it yes, matter? Yes, Chris. Yeah. It doesn't annoy you. But in a way, <laughs> if our eleven's like playing on the right hand point. side, then it makes sense that our seven <laughs> plays on the left hand side. That's so true. I, can get, I can get behind that. But it, you know, we've been asking the question about what was going to happen to the vacant squad numbers. So that leaves us obviously McAllister's has taken ten. Yeah. Eight, he has taken seven. Nine, so eight and nine, nine are still. Yeah. Up for grabs, and now twenty three, of course. Isn't and now, of course. <laughs> well, it is an iconic. An it iconic is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw, I saw someone say that Trent would take number eight, and I'm not feeling that. I would be fucking made up. I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do this again on, on this podcast. I, mean, I, I cannot stand. <laughs> I cannot stand that he wears that sixty six shirt. Imagine, it does my head in. Uh, but I'm, I'm afraid that he'll turn into number eight, and everyone will be like, "We don't need another midfielder. It's fine." If and we, we just won't buy another listen, midfielder. Liverpool play four three three, and Trent plays in midfield. We don't need another midfielder. We need another right back. <laughs> is what, yeah, is what we need. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and and he can't wear sixty six either. Can we? Um, Joey Gomez might need to have a stay in talking to about that number two shirt, unless he's going to be the regular right back. Mm. Can't stand it. I get it. You, you know you need to change number when you can't change it though because of the Raps mural. I know. I, I will. I will personally paint over that if he wants to change his number. <laughs> Not the whole thing. I, like, think I think we're all right actually. Yeah. No one needs a stick man drawing on the I'll nip down with the red emulsion um, and uh, sort that out if need if needs be. Like I'll just get the Evertonians to box it for us. Yeah, yeah, do it every derby like anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean there's some of the people who are not happy with it. People seem to be. Yeah, but Hugo Santos sixty six is a small boy number, <laughs> which I quite like. Is I quite like. It's true. Yeah, I get what he means. Yeah. Do you not like? He's that's his. If he kept that number, it's not he's made the sixty six. Why does he have it? I don't. Is it because it was his academy number? I think, I think it was just a number that it was assigned available. to him when he came. Yeah, yeah. The old, because the academy all, all that clutch had numbers around there. Woodburn was around there. Seventy as well, odd, I think he yeah. was, wasn't he? But obviously, obviously, cricket perspective, and sorry to take it to cricket, but Joe Root is number sixty-six because Root sixty-six makes perfect sense. But there's oh, no, yeah, there's oh, no God. link there with <laughs> Trent, is it? It's just a random yeah. number. You know what I mean? That's what I'd ask him. Mm. Maybe it was his out number then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that he set himself a target for that many assists in a season. Yeah, so true. Yeah, he'll yeah. retire it when he gets to 66 assists. <laughs> um, we had a super chat while we've been chatting from uh, Asim Mahmood, 199. Thank you so much, mate. Great job with the Bobby production. Hands off, hat off to everyone involved. Yeah, if you haven't checked out the Bobby Firmino doc, we'll be plugging this for the coming weeks because it deserves plugging for years, to be honest, because Joe's done such a great job. But uh, the first episodes are free on YouTube. If you haven't checked that, I'll do that right now. Uh, not right now. Well, no, right now gives a fuck. You know, we're just going to be chatting. It's just going to be me ranting about Trent 66 for the next <laughs> five to ten minutes. You can get halfway through the first episode with that. Do you um, think Darwin deserves nine yet? No. no. Okay, good. I think you might get it. I don't no, think he deserves it, but I think you might get it. I think we should give it to our new centre forward signing. Cody. Oh, nice. Oh. No. They're the new the, one. The one that, hasn't happened. one that hasn't happened yet. Mm. Um, I think Akbo stays is, is 18. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. I think he stays with 18. It's a random number, isn't it, for him, really, considering yeah. how bossy he is. Well, it, Darwin's 27 because he's yeah. too 
plus seven nine, isn't yeah. it? So it's definitely something that he's going to want. One hundred percent, he'll love that. He'll he'll cherish that. He'll relish the opportunity to get it. Not that, like I said, he hasn't warranted it yet. Yeah. But he would jump at the chance to do it. Or he was just a big fan of Robbie Fowler's time at Leeds United. Um, and in honour of that. Was he 27 at Leeds, was he? Because, again, of the, for that, for the plus plus reason. Mm. And Cody Gappa, big fan of Ivan Zamorano's time at Inter Milan, wow. who literally put a plus in, on the back of his shirt that, in the yeah. middle of the numbers. Like an absolute dick. Mm. Like, just in case anyone's not anyone's not sure, what I really want is the number nine shirt. Who wears the number nine shirt? Ronaldo. Yeah, fair to play. Like, stick a plus <laughs> on there all you want. Um, Gabri Vega's deal is not imminent, according to Fabrizio Romano. Um, no, here we go. No, here we no go. Here we stop. Oh, no. Come on. Um, I think you should stop, yeah. Your mate, Pletigold, Dan. Mm-hmm. Um was saying that you know there've been conversations with him and what have you, and looks like Romano's tried to put the the brakes on this one a bit. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange sort of world we're in at the moment when it comes to Liverpool transfers. I think we're all fully aware of the the five or six names that we're interested in, and it feels like we're just waiting for something to give on one of them, whether it be a positive or a negative sense, for us to move on to the next one. But yeah, the Vegas stuff has been mumbling on for a little while now, and. He's an interesting fit in terms of style of player because he is that more attack-minded. He is very much a right-sided eight, so he ticks a lot of boxes in that sense, actually. But, yeah, in terms of where we're at, the release clause is probably the most appealing thing about him, quite frankly. like he's actually playing 40, isn't it? 40 million euros, that is. That's 35 million quid, essentially. So it's a type of deal Liverpool would be all over because to get a player of that, profile that potential for that fee is an absolute no-brainer um, and like I say he is actually playing with Spain at the minute um, the European under-21s as well he hasn't played much which I'm really quite surprised by it because 11 goals 9 assists in La Liga last year in a really poor Celta Vigo side who now is managed by Rafa Benitez as well I should say yeah. um, sort of a, just trampling over the agenda there no, but no, no. we should be after Gabby Vega in my opinion he makes a lot of sense the only caveat I would have on that is that we're about to lose Carvalho so that's one of those slots gone but Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott like if we really are banking on them Gabby Vega probably comes in and goes ahead of them in terms of pecking order so does Klopp not want to do that essentially to sort of block their pathway is the only I, thing I was thinking about this I, I don't I understand why Klopp would want to do that but equally if you get a better player doesn't matter. I'm fine. The others have got to step yeah. up. Yeah, that's that's what it is. And right now, Gabby Vega's better than Harvey Elliott and Kurt Jones, in my opinion. Mm. So he'd go in above them, rightly so. And it's up to the others to prove that he can displace him. He's also six foot. You know, I talk about yeah, his attacking he, prowess, but he's a bit bigger. He has, doesn't demonstrate that as such. But I wonder whether Liverpool have seen something more you can extract from him because his numbers are boss. But they might look at him as a profile and sort of a size of physique and go, he's not just that. Like most like we did with Gakpo. We've seen Gakpo. We've seen so much more in him. Liverpool identify that, and maybe we've done it with Vega as well. Yeah, I mean, he's a big boy, and mercifully there's some big boy numbers available in the uh, the squad as well. I, I think that's one of the, the, the sort of mission statements for this summer is to get more big lads in there. There's a couple, which why a couple of the links I've, I've found a bit confusing, but then there's obvious ones like Kevin Terran just looks the part. He looks mm. like if you wanted to go and get someone to fulfil exactly what we're looking for and what we need in midfield, he looks like the one. Gabby Vega, I agree, feels a bit more specialist. I don't mm. know, you know, it's a bit more of a... I don't know, I'm getting Louis Alberto vibes, if I'm, if I'm honest, which, look, hey, he's gone on and had a, a much better career than he ever did at, at Liverpool. Um, but whether we, whether we are we going to buy someone who's a bit more definitively something, 
Or is it another case of, are we going to go and get another lad who can do, or to another couple of lads who can do a bunch of things? Because I'm, we had this chat about, you know, what, the, what about the plan and what have you. I'm still not convinced as to what formation we're playing next season, what style, because I think we're so wedded to this, we'll play this box midfield mm. formation or what have you. We've never gone a whole season playing one formation ever. And particularly the seasons where we were actually the best. We had two or three in those, in those seasons, particularly the title winning season. You know, 43-1 was break glass in 10, 15 minutes left to go in a game when we needed goals. We played 4-2-2-2-2. How many twos do you want? A few <laughs> times in those, in those seasons as well. Um, and whether, the, I, hope, I hope they know because the more, again, the more specialists you buy, the more wedded you have to be to a particular system off the back of it. And I'm not sure Gabri Vega is the one that makes you think it may or may not be this, but Again, I'm not, not 100% certain on what a lot of the profiles are. Um, we're going to talk Barella in a second, but we had a super chat from NPBU who says, Evening red persons. Um, <laughs> very good. Um, but I, I can anyone translate this for me? Is our infra better than my news? What's an infra? How's this spelled? I N F R A. Infrastructure. I mean, I can't believe you've just. Shortened infrastructure, like it's something the kids would say. What's the infra like, Chloe? What's the infra like? like you and Libs last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like me and Libs. Yeah, <laughs> I respect it. Very, very, you know, well in lad. Is it better than Man United? So is that the question? Oh, let's just say infrastructure. It might be. It might mean something else that we just don't. Yes. get. thanks, Tom. We'll go. It's Tom mi- thinks it's, it's infrastructure. It's miles better than Manchester yeah, United. So, miles yeah. better. They are ten years behind in terms of football analytics. I mean, they were at the absolute start of Prozone, if you remember that, mm. when it really was brought in. Then they had they were leading the way with that. And I was talking to a journalist a couple of years ago, works for the Independent now as their chief football writer, I think. And he was he went into Manchester United and couldn't believe how many empty rooms there were. Um and like honestly like the scouting side of things, the the whole club, he said there's just not enough people. That's the there. reason why you're not saying the this guy's name. name. Jonathan Northcroft. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Jonathan Northcroft. Um and he, he basically said I thought you were protecting your sources no, 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 thing no, no, in no, red no, no, and gave his no, job all no, away and it. Yeah. He told me it's it different. Yeah. Um he credited me in one of his books, you know. Ooh. Um Northcroft. I should have remembered his name, really, because he did that. The yeah, only book I've ever been credited in. Yeah, um, old yeah, so he basically said that their infrastructure is absolutely hey, shit. Boy. Hey! He said their infrastructure is shit. Their infra is shit. Not a direct quote. <laughs> it's not his accent either. Um, yeah, I, I agree. You know, they're, they're, they're rubbish. I'm, we're going to be doing a little bit on Manchester United sort of transfer woes so far this summer. I'm sure they'll figure it out because they've got loads of money to spend as always. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite looking forward. I'm quite enjoying I don't think they are sorting it out. I just, they look scattergun as fuck to me. Yeah. But I mean, what I mean is... They've got loads buy, of money to spend. That buy, doesn't necessarily... And you know it yeah. doesn't mean anything. They'll buy footballers and their fans will get that excited because that's Manchester United. Certain people remember Manchester M-O's United. M-O. Yeah, yeah. People remember if our generation, particularly Manchester United, obviously dominating the Premier League. But if you go back another 10, 15 years, Manchester United used to spend stupid money on flash players who weren't, like, didn't give any grit or steel or, or silverware to the football club. And they've, post-Fergie, they've gone right back to be in that. So, you know, big challenge for Ten Hag, which again, yeah. by a transfer it's, podcast. Is it now been 10 Redman years Club. since they've won a league? I mean, it's, it's, it's a hop, skip and a jump from 30, isn't it? <laughs> Manchester and Arsenal will be approaching 20 yeah. in a year's time. Is it they're at about 19 now? Creeps mm. up on you. It really does. <sighs> really does, lads, honestly. Um, you need to get that monkey off your back quick. 
Barella. Uh, Chloe, I know you're desperate for a beer, a beer of Barella. It looks like, like total. It looks like total nonsense. This at this point, we're hoping it's like a there's no smoke without fire kind of deal, of course. But right now, and as I reported on the, the news show on Sunday after the news last evening, when we're getting re- news reports from screenshots that only seem to exist on Reddit, um, it feels like we're clutching a bit with him at the moment. Yeah, um, this is why I absolutely hate the transfer window, if I'm being honest. It's like, as, uh, to be fair, just stay put. Don't go to anyone in the Premier League and it'll be so much easier to deal with. Um, But it feels like we've been linked to them for quite a while now. And at first I got excited because it seemed like there was real, you know, there was something behind it. Liverpool clearly liked them as would a lot of football teams. Um, but the more it's dragged out, the, the less it is convincing. He doesn't look like he really wants to leave into Milan. He's Italian, of course. He wants to stay in Italy. Um, you saw the news about Newcastle going in for him, and it was reported that that was a deal that was pretty much done. Turns out it was absolutely nowhere near done at all. Um, and they kind of turned their head to Tonali instead. So, yeah, um, I'd absolutely adore him to be wearing a Liverpool shirt. I think he's an absolute masterclass of a midfielder, a Rolls-Royce. But Liverpool aren't going to spend £80 million to go and get him, especially not when he's not at the... I don't, he's, he doesn't fit exactly what Liverpool are identifying right now. We're identifying Kefren Taram, Gabby Vega, Ryan Gravenberch, you know, Jude Bellingham was once a player who we were also interested in. Barella's not really the body type of any of those players I've just mentioned. Um, the closest person to Barella is the lad we've signed in McAllister, who's really good technically on a ball, a lot shorter. Um, so, yeah, it seems like it's absolute nonsense and I'm going to get my heart broken because of it. But as long as he stays put in Italy, I'm fine with I, it. I think this is an interesting point because we're entering into that period of the window and it, it comes up a couple of times, but... We're definitely in one at the moment where you have that immediate spring of optimism where all the links are fresh. Mm. So everything's believable and you get a little bit of movement and obviously we get a signing in McAllister, which is quite a rare thing to get it done so early, of course. But now everything does, as Dan sort of says, it feels like we've got our targets. There's no real fresh names being added to this. doesn't look like anything's particularly progressing. And in that, what you have is this kind of knock-on effect of there's a bunch of media outlets who are trying to stretch it. And, you know, they've got, they'll have view targets and click targets. And Liverpool are a big part of that. How can they drag that out? So it'll be, can we can we find a sentence that moves this ever so slightly closer? Or can we find a more spurious link to a football that we've not been linked with before? And then in turn, everyone then senses that. Liverpool fans, football fans in general, and start clamouring for more, so they're reaching for it more, so it's it, it's working, and then it means you start to put more false names out, which builds up false hope, and then those players don't come out, and then you find yourself getting crossed that I, I either Liverpool aren't completing deals, um, are the ones that they're in for with any kind of speed or due care, or they are missing out on potential targets that were probably. If you were to go and sit in the action and look at the target board, we're probably nowhere near there in the first Yeah, there's no point getting wound up about stuff like that. I think there's a natural... You can get stuff done early on in the window because the season's still going. season's still going until after the internationals that happen at the end of the season because they're still training. They've still got to get Mm. themselves fit and make sure they're in a good shape for those internationals that have just happened. So you can get business done. You know where they are as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And then you've got like the unders now, so young players probably aren't going to be going anywhere at the moment. Now is the time when the full internationals are on holiday, so nothing's going to happen then. 
So they're going to get two weeks pretty much and then go back into pre-season. That's where it's going to ramp up again. The interesting thing, going back to the Barella stuff, though, for me, I, I was mentioning to you, I was reading a Gazette del Sport article last week, and it was very much written by an Italian journalist in obviously one of Italy's biggest Italian uh, sports newspapers, maybe the biggest Italian sports mm. newspaper. And they were saying that there is interest from Liverpool, there's interest from a host of clubs, blah, 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 blah. They've all been asked to kept informed. So if anyone moves in, you, you let us mm-hmm. know type of thing. Whatever. Don't don't know whether that's true or not. The big part of the article that fascinated me is there is a there is a belief that they they can't keep their man if a Premier League club comes in because of the money. And that rings true. They what they're saying is he will start on circa ten million euros at a Premier League club. It's gonna be I think I think double what he's on currently. And they can't afford to give him any more money. So right now he's on about five million euros or something a year. The start, the bidding will start at ten million for Barella, and that's something that like it's do man. No, do you do that on footy managers? You have your stuff set to your wages set to yearly. It's just how the so frustrating. Just, I know. I Someone tell me how much that is a week. I didn't have a calculator to work it out <laughs> at the time. Like you know what I mean, but. But, you know, that, that, I think that's important to to recognise and there'll be truth in that, that yeah. Inter Milan can't compete financially with anybody in the Premier League. Yeah. And I, what I do like about him and I do where I do think he fits in very much like Chloe's just said, the McAllister mould is, he's a little terrier to try and win the ball back at times as well. And Liverpool want that as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, do you need a six foot four attacking player in, in one of those mids? I don't think so. I can see it from the, the level behind. In the bottom mm. of the box, I can totally understand it. But you want a terrier, you want someone who's going to try and get the ball back high up the pitch and cop system, and therefore he'd fit in. I wouldn't be surprised if he did move to the Premier League or Saudi Arabia this summer. Um, do I think Liverpool will spend eighty million? No, probably not. But that's what Inter is saying. It is. It's eighty million if you want to buy him. There's a deal to be done there, and that's why Liverpool won't have bid because it's too high starting. If the player does also want to force a move out, that can lower the the price tag as well, like we've we've seen a couple of times. I I remember when Newcastle first put in, it was like fifty mil, and everyone was like, "That's outrageous business." It then seemed to raise to sixty five, and now it's gone to eighty. Well, um, I think it's it was I think, never fifty. Was it? I was going to no. say, I think I think what what it, from what I've read, it's it's six. 65 is what they pay for Tonali, right? Mm. Yeah. And that's, I think that, I get the impression that's what they bid for Barella, mm. but Barella was not having Newcastle at all. So they've gone, well, we've got this much money to spend. We'll just, we'll, we know that that'll, that'll do the business. So they've mm. gone and got, got players Tenali like with Barella, Tonali. And it's a question then of like, yeah, well, yeah, you know, it, but it's a, a, Italian, Italian promising midfielders. Yeah. Um, and it's whether that's what the price is, because if the price is 80 million euros. They're they're in around sixty five mm. to seventy million quid. The, for for me, just on it, the problem with Barella is actually his age, as opposed to yeah, as opposed to his price. Personally, I think if he was twenty one, twenty two, I don't think we'd be having a conversation about Liverpool not being willing to spend the seventy, eighty million pounds, whatever it's going to take. Maybe we would because we know you know we've got a lot of work to do this window. We've got a set budget to go and do it and. It might still not fit, but I think if he was 21, 22, like the age profile we're looking at, which comes back to the problem you raised, Chris, about Liverpool not moving forward with deals, 100% of the players we are linked with are playing in the European Championship, essentially, so it might be hard to get them done. But with Bavella, I do think, I actually think if Thiago was to move on, 
this season, that would be a fit that would make more sense, personally, going and getting then. If we were to get good money for Thiago, whatever that may look like from Saudi Arabia, which is something we alluded to last week, then I'd like to see us push harder for Vivella. But as it stands... I'm not that fussed about going and getting him, especially for the eighty million pound mark. I don't think he saw. I think our biggest. And look, we need multiples, but like someone more like Teram or Gravenberg. I yeah. think someone who, and I know they're both classed as more like box to box elite. I see them both as Fabinho long term replacements. Tall, you know, good for, good for casting, great at great reading the game, cutting things out or whatever. Yeah, mm. we need that area of replacing, and that needs to be replaced by a six foot plus footballer yeah. as well. I wouldn't. I think. I think the Thiago point spot on. I I agree with that. Is that okay? They're not all quite exactly the same player, but actually sub six foot, technically proficient, quite targetish footballers. Mm-hmm. Well, in McAllister and Thiago, we own two of them already. I don't think you need. I don't think you need a third. And look, you you. Of course, we would. It'd be and we'd be well better for it and all those things. But maybe that is a that is a down the line. I think so. Kind of deal. We've got to get our essentials sorted first and foremost I don't think and we've talked about the Jude Bellingham stuff till the cows come home and I don't think it's as cut and dry as this but I don't think you pass up on someone at Jude Bellingham's quality at that price and then go and spend top money on another football like that I think you need to go and solve your, mm. solve all your positional problems first this summer clearly in, in not going all in on Jude Bellingham we're setting the market out we need to go and spread our net a bit wider in terms of fixing the whole squad rather than adding gems doesn't mean it won't happen but that's my general general thought on it but yeah strap yourselves in i reckon another what do you reckon another week or two of two two of just treading water waiting speculation for speculation something is, yeah. to happen i think, i i think children will be done in probably this week really? he feels else. like the next one doesn't he yeah well, i feel we like we definitely felt like this, this for exactly weeks. a week ago like, yeah, yeah. The Lavia snuck off again, texting you. Um, <laughs> the Lavia stuff has gained a little bit of pace, hasn't it? As well, that's an interesting one because price-wise, I know City have got a buyback on him and would like to activate that at some point. It's whether the likes of us, Arsenal and Chelsea, are all keen steal a march on that, and I think we might try and do it. To be honest, I would be reasonably happy, I guess, with that. I would. Is he another short? Is he another shorter player though? He's just short of six. Yeah. He's a bit of a ball playing six, is how I describe him. And I suppose again, we still don't know this. Who's who's wearing? Who's covered for what? You know, we had the like the, the right back, Connor Bradley, sort of very vague conversation last week about right backs in Liverpool needing cover in that kind of position. But then, if we don't play a right back, you need someone else who can kind of do what Trent does, and other players you can who you can trust to go and do a bit of defensive dirty work in right mm. back if needs be or whatever. Yeah, it's a. It's a bit of a mad one for now, but I just want—I just want—I've I've fallen in love with Kevin Terram. I just want it. I just want to know that sorted, so we can we can move on. We can move on to other things. Speaking of which, we're gonna have a deep old chat about Liverpool's forward situation. Uh, or I mean, I said situation like it's a bit like it's a big thing. It might be. Let's talk around it and see what we come to. Uh, before we do that, uh, we're gonna take a very very short break uh, to draw your attention to our phenomenal Roberto Firmino documentary series. Uh, have a look. Let's listen to this. 
We wanted to go there and we wanted to be world champions, so it was it was pretty big for all of us. Liverpool have never won this trophy. It's the World Club Championship. It felt like Firmino needed a moment like that. Bobby had the final say again with the goal. You know, it was extra sweet, I think, for, for Bobby. Just thinking, just put it in the back of the net, but that's Bobby and he's, he's so calm. I don't think they quite expected to run away with the league. I know we had COVID after it, but everyone knew Liverpool had won the league at a certain stage. You can't believe it, it, it went that long. Those players will always have that place in Liverpool's history that, you know, they were the ones. We all grow up having had him be their first great Liverpool love. He won everything with the club. Champions League, European Super Cup, Club World Cup, Premier League in the space of 13 months. He was part of one of the greatest teams Liverpool have ever put together. A legend forever. The most skillful number nine Liverpool have ever had. He was a one-off. Great example of hard work, of dedication. Gives everything for the fans and everything for the club. Everyone to a person said, I love Bobby Firmino. Bobby will be remembered as an incredible teammate, someone who brings good energy and is always in a good positive mood and is just a genuinely nice, good person. He'll be a big miss for, for everyone. Hey, welcome back. Yeah, go and check out Bobby Firmino, Best in the World. Episode one, completely free uh, to check out on our YouTube channel. But if you want episode two, and episode three, which is coming out this Friday, head to redmenplus.com. There's also an absolute content bomb being dropped on there in terms of the full interviews as well. So Jordan Henderson's coming up soon. Uh, Adam Lalana, Ian Rush, uh, DNA. I want to keep talking about this one because it's one of the ones I did. Amazing. Like, absolutely amazing. I, I loved it. Whenever we get to chat to Peter Moore, there's one another one with him as well. People who were in the inner workings of the football, I find them at times far more interesting than talking to players at times. Ex-players a bit more so when they're a little bit more free. Um, the Jordan interview is brilliant and it's worth the it's worth the price eventually alone because again he's on the pitch with Bobby and he's talking about these moments firsthand. But actually, I love the intrigue. I love people who were in the room because I we speculate around that stuff. I think I find that stuff far more fascinating. So when someone goes. I was in this room, here's the conversation that we had, and then I jumped on this plane, and when I spoke to this one, I went and got to it and did this and this and this, and someone explaining to you the anatomy of how a, the tra a transfer was actually done, not just someone telling you in general how it's done, someone telling you how a literal, how Bobby Firmino was signed, yeah, so all that stuff's on, uh, or will be by the end of the weekend uh, on redmenplus.com, so perfect time to go and sign up for all that good stuff. Right, do Liverpool need another forward? Um, I want a quick one word, yes or no answer before we delve into it. Dan Club. Yeah. Chloe. Yeah. Chris Pager. No. Contrarian. Why? I. Yes. We've got no cover for Salah. Oh, then, then yeah. Then yeah. You're right. <laughs> it's Ben Doak, isn't it? Is the current cover for Salah. Yeah. So let's go through it. Roberto Firmino out, 13 goals all comps, third top goal scorer for Liverpool last season, which I I, I knew because I keep a track of these things as it goes along, but to actually see it laid out was a was a little concern. Um, Jogo Jota, I thought, turned the corner in the back end of the season when Liverpool got good. He was a big he was a big part of that. Luis Diaz, I just don't think we got got him back to true match sharpness and I think we sacrificed a bit of that to get Jota because Jota was in and he was and he was playing well I think Gakpo looks the business mm -hmm. but I'm not sure he scores enough goals and the question is is he going to be allowed to score goals because if he's playing the Roberto Firmino role <sighs> it's all well and good but if he's turning footballers in the centre circle and running for 50 yards with it 
he's all, he's probably not going to be the guy who's tapping the ball in uh, as well. Darwin, fifteen goals last season, which is a um, is our second top goal scorer, which is a good return, but. He absolutely fell off a cliff in terms of his goal scoring and return in the back half of the season. Um, let's have some general thoughts, Chris. Okay. Um, I've been saying for ages we need a Salah replacement at some point. I'm not sure we're quite there yet in terms of the other business that Liverpool need to do. In terms of the goals in the squad, I think you could argue either way. Uh, you know, Just from having Jota for a full season and Diaz for a full season, you get Bobby's goals back by just Jota to be honest with you mm-hmm. you know I, I think that I'm, I'm less concerned about the 13 goals or the 15 goals that have gone out of the football club more than anything yeah. I think Gakpo this season was a one in three scorer for us I think he'll improve on that in his second season I think Diaz with a full season and no injuries hopefully goes back to his last season at his previous club where he got about 18 19 goals mm-hmm. in a season where he just yet to see that and i am i am concerned about whether he's going to be that type of a goal scorer for us but the potential's still there darwin nunes i think 15 to 20 goals is easily achievable for somebody like him this season salah will be salah he'll play 4000 minutes and he'll score 30 goals again because mm-hmm. uh, that's just what he does. I think Liverpool in all comps last season scored 99 goals. I think we can score more than 99 goals this season with the players that we've currently got. Yeah. Um, is the big one. When you look at his goals and assists per 90, he did better than anybody in the squad. That includes Roberto Firmino goals and assists because um, it was something like... Point nine something like that it was like it was nearly a goal or an assist every single game from jota mm-hmm. i mean it was it was really they were really really good numbers from him and he did that mostly from the left hand side as well which is really really encouraging yeah um so yeah i i don't think liverpool need a 70 80 million pound striker is what i'm trying to say i think we do have the bodies there and with everyone else's business with all the other business that we need to do i just don't see liverpool going and doing it this yeah. summer I, I agree. I don't think I don't think they will, unless we see a the significant shift in what they're doing and what they're thinking. And I think Gakpo might suggest that that's possible mm. because hey, we spent what eighty million pounds on a centre forwards and then effectively binned them off in January for another for another completely different footballer. So it says that it's possible. And it, but it's, again, it goes back to our question of like, how, what's Liverpool's style? What's the system? What are they? What are they trying to do? I look at us, and I agree. I think I think elite goal scoring numbers. Jot is capable because he was capable two seasons ago when he was actually he got fit 15, enough. To he got get fifteen them. and thirty-five the season before last. Yeah, yeah, and he was on. There was a point where we had the top three goal scorers in mm. the league, and he was he he was in that. And that's, that's why I think he played the back end of the season as well, because we know we knew that it's just about get the lads who score the goals and get the most assists on the on the pitch. And him and Salah are the only ones who come close to those numbers, because you're right. Because I had a look and I didn't do it by, per 90, but it was a goal and an assist every 93 minutes from both Salah and Jota. That's the that's the, that's the level. Jota's is a much smaller sample size, of course. Mm-hmm. But that's where my, my problems lie. And they're not problems like I'm losing sleep over them, or I'm really I've got a real problem with the lads we've got. But it's the question marks. It's Cody Gappo doesn't score or assist enough as much as I think he looks brilliant and I think he's a great stylistic fit. Yet 
I've seen some good goals from him. But I, if you tell if you're telling me to bet the house on he's going to score fifteen goals, fifteen to twenty goals all comps next season, I think that would. That's on uneasy ground. I think if he plays 45, no, I'd, his numbers suggest that. that he will get 15. Yeah. He's a 1-3 striker yeah. at the moment for us. No qualms over Cody Gappo. Like. He's the least yeah. of my worries, that lad. Yeah. I reckon he'll be absolutely unbelievable. I reckon he will get 15. I'd, I, I, in fact, uh, I'd bet that he would get 15 goals right now. I'd be pushing 20 with Cody Gappo, no matter if he does come deep, because the intelligence of a footballer he is is incredible. We've also got to put into the fact that he was playing on the right side of a, a, a centre-mid eight role uh, at some point last season as well. Hopefully he will have to do that. Yeah, and the nine <laughs> in his first three months of the football yeah. club, still a one and three striker. Yeah, it's in, incredible. In a team struggling as well at yeah. the time. So hopefully he won't have to move that far back. But the way he just finds himself in the box, the goals that he can score... We saw it in the first half against Manchester United where he was playing from the left-hand side and his ability to cut in and nestle it bottom bin. There was also, he scored a, a lovely, delicate dink in that game mm-hmm. where he ran about 60 yards. The movement was incredible. The finish was simply incredible. He is not a worry. He's, I reckon he's bang on to get at least 15. Uh, I might be wrong, but and he'll still sacrifice himself for the team, but I do think that my worry is even... Like we, we talk about the players and you should feel so lucky to have the amount of options that we do have with the quality that they have, but they are not available enough for me. Mm-hmm. Darwin Nunes, I'm concerned over the fact that it, it was like he had so many injuries in one season and they weren't massive injuries. It yeah. was a niggle here and there that kept him out of two or three consecutive games. He'd come back and he wouldn't be at the races. He thought he had because... his toe pulled off in pre-season. Yeah. If you remember. Blisters there was one. blisters yeah. all over the place. It was his shoulder at Newcastle. It was his like, toe at the end of the season. Yeah. Of the season. Um, there was that thing at Real Madrid where like everyone was fuming because he'd got taken off and it turns out he actually was playing with some sort shoulder. of injury. Um so I worry about that and I'm not being consistent enough. If he's not if he's not available all the time, that's gonna struggle. I'm really worried about Luis Diaz. Love him. Think he's incredible. His goals to game ratio wasn't there already, but you could see the potential of it. It all depends how much he recovers from this injury and how well he can come back. Diogo Jota, adore the man gets far too many injuries that is my problem it's all right saying 15 goals a season two seasons ago but we have to rely on him more now than we Mm. did then he's gonna have to step up because darwin nunes he he comes before darwin nunes to step up on that pecking order because he's more experienced and if he's not available for those games there's so much pressure on the likes of nunes and he didn't thrive under the pressure, let's be honest. Um, so I'm more worried about the availability and obviously the niggles from players, the reoccurring injuries that could happen to Luis Diaz that can really kick us. I, I go on, Tom. So, yeah, I was going to say, I, again, I have no qualms about Cody Gakpo. I think he's got every type of finish that you need. I think he'll score lots of different types of goals for us. I've not really got a concern on that. I agree with Chloe on the injury front. Less so about Diaz. I'm quietly confident about Diaz. But the Jota one, there's been too many now, quite frankly. And the long term, when he gets injured, he gets injured. Like the proper injuries, we don't see him for months on end. And then takes him a while. And your point, Chris, about his, his return last season actually wasn't that bad. But it all come in one big glut at the end, didn't it? Like he went on a year-long goal drought. And I know a lot 
lot of that was injury was injured, related, yeah. don't get me wrong, but there was also a lot of games in there, like 30, 40 games where he didn't score. And you're like, for someone who's so lethal, so clinical, because you both made the point, we're getting him on the pitch at the end, because the Tottenham game, who would you rather the ball fell to when it fell to him in the last minute? Nobody else other than Diogo Jota, because he is that guy. That's what he is. But he's too injured. He's too injured all the time. And we've got to also caveat all of this by saying we're going to lose Mohamed Salah for probably four games in the middle of the season, as always. Are we going to go Harvey Elliott on the right-hand side? I'm not so certain myself. We've all probably said in different shows, different podcasts, whatever, we don't see him as a fit, as a right-winger. He's not quick enough. Ben Doak, is he ready? I personally would like to see Ben Doak go and spend a year out on loan somewhere, much like Harvey Elliott did, and get some good football, first-team football under his belt. For me, I think if an opportunity presented itself and it was the right price, much like the Cody Gakpa one, because that was a deal we brought forward from the summer, they must have got an inclination that Bobby was going to go, so we went and got Gakpo, because I think Spurs and United were sniffing around, weren't they? If something like that happened again and it was around the £30 million mark, I'd go and do it, especially if they can cover for Salah while he's away. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, my, my, when I say the, the Gapo stuff, I think he's terrific, and he's as likely to be the next Thierry Henry as he is as to, as to be, a, you know, not to work. I'm more likely that, I'd say. What I mean by the unsure of it is he hasn't done it yet. So, no. and and you start the more of those players you start to have. I I have these real flashbacks to being a Liverpool fan in the the nineties and the two thousands. More the two thousands where you go, well, he looks really good. I think he'll be a good player for us. And then for some, it just doesn't. They just don't. They don't score enough goals. They don't mm-hmm. do enough. And I've got. Probably the least of my concerns is Gapo, just because I think how wonderfully he suits everything that we do, and that fact that he can play in midfield. He's played both sides of the midfield as well. He'll, I think he'll be fine. But when you then plug Diaz into that, and when you plug Darwin Nunes in on top, Darwin's got the goals, so I should be less concerned about him. But it, it's a t- I think his numbers are totally misleading. Because as I say, that 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 split between where his goals came, I think he scored. He actually scored. I think he scored sixteen because he got the one in the Charity Shield mm-hmm. as well. Um, I think he scored ten of them pre World Cup, and six was post World Cup. And you know, he was just 
he was in and out of the team because of injury problems and then by the back end of it he's not picked because mm. they can't they don't trust him they don't trust him to play in those games in, in anymore Jota get, Jota's getting the nod because you know what you're getting from Diogo Jota and then we're also putting a half fit Luis Diaz on the pitch because we'd rather get him up to speed than run the, than, than put Darwin in there do you, just um, on that, Paul, sorry, do you yeah. think that's what it was with Nunez? Do you think it was related to his performance, maybe a lack of confidence, maybe not trusting him, or was it related to Jota being back and Gakpo being boss? Um, it's, We bought him for... It was a record fee for the yeah. forwards we've ever paid. Mm. We bought him, and then by the time the back end of the season comes round, we are keeping him out of the side for a lad that we bought in the middle of the season, mm. and a lad two lads that have been out for half the season with injuries he's had all that time to, to nail his yeah. place down in the side so I think it, it I think it is on Darwin Nunes and look there is a bit where Klopp goes to his tried and tested when the chips are down when the pressure's on he'll go to the lads you know can deliver and Jota was a great example of that because I'm not, I'm not sure he's a, a really a great fit because we lack pace mm. when he's playing in the in the team and that's the one thing that we're lacking from from losing Sadio Mane, the one thing we gain from Diaz, I think you gain someone who understands the system, who presses better, and who's got a better goal threat with Jota. Mm. But you lose all the other stuff deeper, and all the all the the the, the, the stretching of the play stuff that the Mane had that Diaz does bring. Mm. But he's not the goal. He's not the goal threat. So I'm worried about I'm worried about Darwin more than anything else because I just don't see. He's a bit. He's he's difficult for me. Again, in potential. Now he scored more more goals probably than Divock ever scored in a season for us last season. But he or Jibble C say it. Someone mentioned on another, on another show I was listening to the other day where you've got all that pace, but you're not trusted stylistically to fit the the system in the centre forward position. So we'll just chuck it out wide, and that you always get a, it's a lower diminishing returns when you do that. I I found you can be a surprise. But look at him at the back of that. He ran out of ideas. Everyone just started defending deeper against them, standing him up, and he's got no close control. He's got no skills, so we can't you can't beat a man from nothing like Diaz. So he's a bit of a a, a mad one. And as you say, the, the the Diaz stuff, I think he's tremendous, and I'm hopeful just being fit, we can get back to the excitement that we had a year ago in that back end of his first season when he was just electric every time he touched the ball, and him him being an X factor will be a useful thing. But he's a bit. He's a left mid, not a left winger, which is my major worry about him. The big thing for me on Nunes would be the first three months of the season is where we're going to find all of this stuff out. And it's obvious, isn't it? Because I think I think the language barrier pissed Klopp off, Klopp off last season. I think that's something that, you know, he wants him to come back and speak English first day of pre-season. And, and I think when you are changing formation, I think he, when we changed the formation, it was... We haven't got time to do do this slowly with you, mate. Mm. We need to move now, and we're going to be playing this. You couldn't even get up in six months on the, the formation that we've been playing for years. I don't trust that you're going to be able to get up on this formation as quickly as I need. So I think the formation and the language is the two biggest things. If he sorts those out, I can totally see a way into the side for him because in potential, he's got more goals than any of the others that we've spoken about in a season. Like, you know... As you said, there he was the second second top scorer mm-hmm. last season mm-hmm. in a crap season by probably what he would have expected. Um, yet yeah, was better than Jota, Gakpo, Nunes. Uh, sorry, Diaz. So, so his potential is clearly higher than all the others in terms of goal output. But what does that do to the side? Is I suppose what you're all questioning, and rightly so. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a real he's a real unknown, isn't he? I, I, it's whether we have we shit the bed a bit on him, and you know, I. I, I 
I made a point on a show. I don't think so. I don't care. I don't care that we've got an eighty million pound footballer as a substitute. I think it's a weird. We have a weird mentality where we want Liverpool to spend more money, but then get really annoyed when players we spend loads of money on aren't playing every week. Mm. Um, it's about who's the right fit and who plays the best when they're in when they're in the team. So to say I spend eighty million pounds on Divock Origi's replacement seems fucking stupid. But um, I think we've got to bet the best attacking set of attacking lads we've had probably ever. Um, I'm not totally you know I'm not sure anyone's necessarily the Sadio Mane replacement. Cody Gapple could be the Firmino replacement, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a that's. If Darwin Nunes and Luis Diaz are Divo Carigi and Takumi Minamino in our squads, then we've probably we're probably gonna be alright. It's just I don't know. What, if we get injuries injuries, what happens? What worries me is I know you, you you talk about the money, but the reason we spent so much money was because we were trying to change the system. We realised that for whatever reason, you know, Firmino wouldn't be fit or maybe we already had an inclination that he might go at the end of the season when his contract expired. And we bought this striker that everyone got the pinpoint and said, that's not going to work in our system. And it didn't really work in our system. But the problem I have is every system we've played... And bear in mind, he's had the longest here. He had longer than Diaz because of how long he was out. He had longer than Jota because of how long he was out. Gakpo only came in in January, so he had longer than him. Um, Firmino, he obviously didn't have longer than him, but Firmino didn't play as much as we all would have liked to see anyway. My problem is, is he is now the third choice left winger and the third choice striker for me. I think it goes Gakpo, Jota, Darwin, yeah. and it goes... Diaz, Jota, Darwin. And it's like, you have spent 80 mil on a lad here. Who's your third... Liverpool can't afford to do that for a player who isn't going to be world-changing for Liverpool. And that is my problem. We now do have a valuable asset who will probably be third choice in both of those positions. I think if he played the start of the season, like he played the end of the season and the end of the season, like he played the start of the yeah. season, mm. we'd have a lot greater cause for like, optimism around yeah. him. But he's got work to do. And again, it's the thing uh, we forget sometimes, and I'm trying to clear all this up, you know, it doesn't mean that anyone's being conclusively written off. It sounds like Chloe was conclusively writing him <laughs> off. But but because football footballers can just come back he Have a week off and be better it's, footballers. It's how you frame things as well, isn't it? I mean, what? how many goals did you say? Was it 10 in the start of the season? Yeah. yeah. 10 when we were shit. Mm. That's bosh. Yeah. Because we were proper shit then. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you also, know what I mean? He scored, you know, the back heel flicks, the, the goal against Real Madrid. Like, he's got quality there. I'm just saying... I think it's going to be hard for him now because he is third choice in both of the positions that we've found he can play. Mm-hmm. And at Benfica, he had a season just like he did at Liverpool this mm-hmm. season and then got 50 goals the next season. And I'm not saying he couldn't be unbelievable and hit 30 goals. I reckon he could, but is he's he not... Enough games the, to do that? That's, that's the problem. And that is, if he's third choice in both of the positions he can play, where's the game time coming from for him to actually get them goals? And progress more in his career. Yeah. We can't Can I get, to put our losses as the other well, problem. No. I think the change of formation. I think you, sort of what you were saying at the beginning, Paul, is we don't really know what Liverpool are going to go into this season with. But one thing I will say, when I do think of the WM formation in the box midfield, however you want to say it, having two attacking midfielders and a striker that drops back into that position doesn't sound normal or right. Mm. 
it sounds like you need a striker that goes forwards. Mm-hmm. A Jota or a Darwin Nunes would be the best fit for two attacking midfielders. I don't think you want someone necessarily dropping in. I think it might have just happened like that because it was a little bit easier for everybody. It was a system that you sort of take the best bits of the 4-3-3 and you apply it to this new formation. The, the formation, I think, moving forwards will be a striker that wants to get into the box and score goals. And in that regard... Darwin wouldn't be the third choice in that. No. He'd be the first or the second. Mm-hmm. And Gakpo would be the third choice. Yeah. Now, could you just quite as easily drop Gakpo into where he's been dropping into anyway and play him as one of the eight? Yeah. He's proved that he's, he can do that. So, it, all I'm saying is, it feels like everyone's writing them off when we actually don't know what formation or how we're going to play mm. is. And I don't think it's fair to write any player off when you don't know the answer oh, to those questions. Yeah. I do think we definitely shit the bed last season on him, though. Yeah. I do. I really do think we do that. I think we had a clear game plan in the summer. And look, it's hard to, again, be totally clear on stuff because of the injuries. We were forced to make do amend with stuff to try and get things up. And the, the decimation of the midfield had a knock-on impact beyond the beyond the midfield. So we'll never truly know whether what the plan would have been. Would we have moved to the formation that we, we finished the season with more conclusively earlier on in the season? Was that the plan? Was those early signs of Trent drifting inside and fired up the pitch? from the start of the season, were they just the stepping stones towards it? Again, that because that makes sense. When you see Trent playing for England, actually, when you see Trent pass the Darwin against Leeds, it makes sense. Darwin Nunes, number nine, Trent playing a more advanced position because mm-hmm. there you go, he's going to do what Kevin De Bruyne does for Erling Haaland and he's the kind of guy who'll stick things, stick things away, theoretically. Hmm. But it does look a little bit like we did see the iceberg coming in the middle of the season and whether all right you know and we've gone back a bit to type but we're now that the dust settled and they get a chance to to work it all out again do we go back to what we were trying to do do we do different variations yeah who knows I, sorry to put in if there is one player that i'm building my team around it would be cody Gakpo. that's all i'm saying I, I agree with that but it is fascinating on the point though because you are right the way you play the formation those two are a polar opposite essentially as strikers in the way they go about the business and we've kind of forgot about cody Gakpo being a left winger essentially when we signed him <laughs> as well so we should add him into that mix yeah. potentially because if you are going to go with a striker that runs at the goal and i agree with your point because if if you've got a Gakpo or Firmino type nine who drops deeper into two attacking eights there, just congested. Just too much going on, man. They can't all play football in that area. So I do think we'll go back to a Nunes or a Jota. But then where does that leave Gakpo? Like, I agree with you, Chloe, on the back. I think Gakpo's brilliant. Like, I waxed Liverpool about him for months at the back end of the season. I think he's boss. But if you are going to go with the, the WM formation and you've got your striker running forwards, that leaves Gakpo in a bit of a nowhere position, which is really odd in itself, isn't it, in a way? Because he's brilliant. So it's weird. Like, it's hard. Overall, Last season, I was excited by our front line and hopefully next season we're going to have a proper midfield behind them. We're going to have a solid defence because of the midfield being sorry, more solid. solid defence. Yes, Chloe. Sorry. Um, but I just think 15 goals, 16 goals, I'm not including that. I'm so sorry I'm not including the pre-season I mean, friendly. Um, our only piece of silverware we were No, absolutely, I'm not asked. Um, he scored 15 goals in a team that was crap, let's be perfectly honest. I reckon he easily hits that, even if he is the third choice, which is great. I'd, I'd like him to be the Darwin Nunes that he was for Benfica. He has to be the number one to do that. Yeah. Mm. It's that thing. If, are we trying to, to redo what we did? Are we trying to, are we trying to recreate the, the magic, get the old magic back to use the old formula of... That you know, like a, a, a knitter in, in number nine, you know, the false nine who hangs it all together, and then twenty five to thirty goals from either from either winger. 
because I think we've forgotten if we have how exceedingly rare that was that we stumbled upon that because if that was possible like everyone else would have more teams would have tried to copy mm-hmm. that um so yeah what are, what are we are we going to see a, a new variation on it and stuff it's it's yeah it's interesting I, I, I keep saying this i'm sounding like i'm being really down on stuff it's more that there's a there's a few questions we've been through so many summers of certainty Salah's going to score 30 to 40 goals. Manny's going to score 20 to 30 goals. Bobby's going to score 10 to 20 goals. And and then you had a Jota, you're about the same, laughing, absolutely brilliant. It's just that thing, you know, we've seen this happen before. When Klopp comes in, he's got Firmino, he's got Origi, he's got Benteke, and he's got Sturridge. And Bobby Firmino's the one that he eventually goes on. But it's, it's but it is, it's Divock Origi's. You know, we forget we go away to Dortmund and Arigi's mm-hmm. playing centre forwards and he scores the goal, gets injured in the derby, and then we've got no choice but to continue to press down the, the Firmino stuff, which we we trialed earlier on in that season. Um and then we never look back from then on really, and we haven't really gone back to having a traditional number nine except for mad circumstances when you're breaking glass. Um so yeah. On the young one players, um what do we think on that one? Because I mentioned the Ben Doak stuff. Mm. There's obviously Kay Gordon floating around. There's yeah. that conversation. Harvey Elliott has mentioned potentially for a for a front three position. Mm. No. I, I personally, like I said earlier, I would like to see Ben Doak go out and play a, a genuine season of football and get a lot of minutes under his belt. I'm really excited about the prospect of him. We've seen glimpses of it. Obviously, absolutely rinses Luca Dean last season in the game against Villa, which is boss. Really, really exciting prospect, but one who... We've got Europa League football this season, obviously, so you, there are more opportunities for these young lads to get minutes, but I just want to see him go and play. I just want to see him have genuine opportunity to just go and play regular football week in, week out, and he's not going to get that with us. Uh, Kay Gordon's just back from like a year out of injury, so I don't think we'll loan him out anywhere. We'll very much look after his next stage of his career, but again, a, a player we should be excited by. And I just think Harvey Edison midfielder. I just think he's an attacking eight from the right hand side. I think that's going to be him forever, and I think he's very much part of ours and Jurgen Klopp's plans for this season. Mm, yeah, the Elliot stuff's interesting. I think I think he's got, I think he's got goals, and I think he's got assists in him. It's just, it's yeah, he's, he's that, not shown it yet. That's the problem. He's not. Yeah. I mean, how many goals did he score last season? Two, maybe. Yeah, I don't know actually. I think Bournemouth, I think. Wolves, Wolves in the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rangers, good in Rangers as well. Because yeah. remember, him and Salah Champions hugging on the halfway yeah. line. Yeah. Um, but it's a pace thing isn't it that's what it all boils down to we've seen Mohamed you mentioned the wingers scoring bags of goals it all boils down to pace Sadio Mane electric Mohamed Salah electric Harvey Elliott not and I love him I think he's boss brilliant technically sees a pass you know all that sort of stuff good in tight areas etc etc just not quick enough to be a winger for us it's as simple as that Jota's not quick though no but he's very different he is clinical Harvey Elliott isn't clinical Jota needs half a chance and it's in Figuratively speaking, he had his lull, like I said earlier, he had a big goal drought, which was not like him at all. Um, Harvey Elliott just isn't that. If Harvey Elliott was as clinical as Joko Jota and you just need to drop to him and banging it in, fine, different conversation. You've either got to be one or the other, for me, is what I'm saying. He's not big and physical either, so we can't even do that type of thing. He's just a little ball-playing midfielder who'll pick up the tight little, fall into pockets, turn and get us playing on the front foot, and I'm fine with that. I don't... It's interesting one from him, actually, because I heard him speaking earlier on the week about... The players coming in, he was asked the questions like, where's it leave you? And he's like, I just got to be better than them, which is boss. That's what you want to see. You want to see that confidence. And Curtis Jones very much the same. But they're in a similar boat in many ways because McAllister's has probably already come in and stepped in front of Curtis Jones in terms of his role. And I imagine someone would do it at Harvey Elliott as well. So 
they have got to be wanting and willing to fight for their place. And having that competition for places is going to be great. But like I say, with Elliot, I think Klopp adores him. Mm. I think Klopp really, really likes him. So I don't see any budging on his role moving forward. Five goals. Five in all comps. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he's had a lot of games, didn't he? How many was it in the end? He played made 46 appearances. <laughs> 2,300. Yeah. I mean, speaking yeah. of injuries, sort of stunting development as well, they don't come much worse than his. Yeah. Do they? You know what I mean? So he's 12 months behind, if you like, maybe a bit less than that in terms of his development. So there's more to come there. I think there's a situation where, I think those Europa League games in particular, but I think we do overstate at times the pace in the Premier League, yeah. But Europe, less so. And, you know, we saw that he played in against Rangers, he played wide right, didn't he? Because Salah comes off the bench and scores in, mm. in that one. And he's good in those kind of situations because I think he has got an eye for goal. You're right, he's not. I don't think he's a 25 goal a season forward, but I don't know that you need to be that. To, I think you can be that in the Europa League. <laughs> you know what I mean? Without necessarily being at that, yeah, being at that level. I agree though. I think there's there's a conversation that needs to happen around what comes next. But Salah's so awkward, isn't it? You know, what I mean, he, he plays a million minutes. Mm. He's, he's got it. He's got it. His fitness record is absolutely tremendous. He scores whenever he plays. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but hmm. how do you? How, how do you? It's like how how do you buy? How did you buy Messi's understudy at Barcelona? You end, end up, That's why Barcelona have had a, a, a litany of random footballers that they had and for a season. Fatty. Yeah, you know, and, and supposed to be it. all kinds over the years. Mm. They just played a bunch of like random players that they picked up and stuff. It's interesting though. Ben Bedo, I'd love him to just be the one. Ben feels like the. If Salah gets an injury, it's going to be very difficult to get Ben Doak out of the side. It, it feels like he's just he will just take an opportunity, like he's prime for it. I would probably keep him around just for that, to be honest with you, because he just it doesn't it just looks special. That's all it comes down to. He looks like nothing phases him. No, he's fearless. He's absolutely fearless. I completely agree with you on that point. My concern with keeping him around would be if he doesn't end up getting the Europa League minutes, for example, that we'd like to see him get. And let's just say we get knocked out of the cup early because we get Manchester City away and we play the same team that we always do when we're out. All of a sudden, you get to November time. The transfer window's already well shut. And you've got Ben Doak, who is a prodigious talent and is absolutely going to be something very special, hopefully Liverpool Football Club. And you haven't sent him out on loan and you can't get him minutes anywhere because Mohamed Salah plays all the time. And you've got this kid. And it's fine because under 23's football is under 23's football. Happy days. But for me, he feels like somebody who's very much ready and wants to play first team football. He's 16 years old. I, I mean... Yeah, it's far too soon for that. I, uh, we'll see. I, I, yeah, yeah. I think he's that. I think we're lucky with him in some regards. And I think it's the other way around. I think we'll probably send Kate Gordon out on a year's loan and see if you can get him back up and running again. But Ben Doak is so young that after the season when the twenty ones is not is actually just he's still ahead of his development. He's he's, year, he's still years ahead of his development to play that and then be involved in some match day squads, be on the bench for some Europa League games, maybe some of the early round cup games and whatever you didn't see what and if he gets that chance, as we said, continue to build upon that because again, with the risk of overhacking this he reminds me a bit of Owen and not like I don't think he's going to score Michael Owen mm. level of goals but that that zero to 60 acceleration speed just makes him a very very exciting player to watch and that's the difference with him and someone like Harvey Elliott Harvey Elliott might find himself if he is if he is classed as Salah's understudy I'm Ben Doha I'm looking at that going well I, I'll smoke this lad give me a give me a chance to uh, to go and prove myself but yeah 
definitely more still more questions than answers on that hey uh, right we've got an amazing competition uh running at the moment uh for anyone who is a club legend subscriber over on redmenplus.com so not only have we got the bobby Firmino doc you sign up as a normal tier like a club captain level on there hey uh, you're going to get access to the full Firmino doc and all of the extra full interviews as well but if you join us a club legend every month we do a boss giveaway uh this month's prize is a signed adam lalana shirt Hey everyone, last few days to get yourself in the prize draw for this Adam Lalana signed 1819 home shirt. If you're a club legend, your name is already in the hat. If you wanted to be in the hat, then you've got the last couple of days now before the end of the month to upgrade from club captain to club legend and be in with a chance of winning this as part of our Bobby Firmino Best in the World documentary series, Happy Times. Yes. Um, oh yeah, I meant to say Victor Osman very tentatively linked with us. So just to say, if we could sign Victor Osman this summer, would that change your perspectives? I'd take him, like. I'd take him. I mean, he's got thirty-one um, goals last season. Just, I mean, it's just not going to happen, is it? So just move on. I just, I'd, I'd like listen goal scorer like <laughs> prolific but I don't see how he fits. I don't see how he fits. I'd rather Cody Gaff. Just spoke about Darwin. Spoke about Darwin. Who's twenty minutes not fitting. I'm going to sign Oshiman. Uh, uh, he's getting too late is he not? Ben is 17 as well, by the way. No, Chelsea. Yeah. Well, at that age, right? Well ready, at that well age, November. I think Liverpool would much rather look after his physical development at 17, 18, 19. I think that's important for them. Yeah, and then, at, like, when you when they're, like, 20, 21, that's when you sort of let them go out on loan. Victor Osiman's going Chelsea, is he not? Sorry to bring that back. Uh, is he done? So. Um, He's not coming to Liverpool. Not if we sign him first, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds. Uh, thank you to everyone who's joined us for the podcast live on YouTube uh, Monday afternoons. If you're listening to this, you can come and join us on YouTube. It's a good laugh. I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've figured that out. You get to see what we're wearing as well, um, which in oh, Chloe, Chloe's showing off her webs as always. Uh, can we get a close-up of that? You just point at it. Oh, wait there, wait there. No, no, no. The other angle. There we oh, go. Yeah. Sick there, Marty. Thank you. Brilliant. Um... <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, we'll be back with another Red Men Originals podcast next week. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.